What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. I am here with a good friend of mine, Ashley, and I'm so excited to talk to her today. She is a fitness and macros coach, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic. We haven't had too many, too many fitness people or macro dieting people on the podcast. So I'm excited because she also has a different approach to fitness and macros, a lot of balance, which you know I guys love. So we're going to get into all the fun things. Ashley and I actually met just through the DMs. So anybody who wants to be on the podcast, pitch yourself in the DMs to me. I'm always open as long as you have a positive vibe and you're ready to talk about stuff, then we're down to talk. So let's get into it. Everybody welcome Ashley. Yeah. Thank you so much. I I have to say, I love a good DM. So yeah, like slide in those DMs. I think that it's such an underrated thing and you know, that's how you connect with people, whatever it is, whether you want to tell someone like you like their outfit or you have like a, you know, business proposition, like get into people's DMS, talk and connect. Don't just look at stuff and like be a lurker, try to engage. Yeah, for sure. I think that's like, I used to hear that all the time, like from my old favorite influencers who would be like, oh, like we just slid into each other's DMs. And I was like, who the fuck does that? Like, no, that doesn't really happen. And now I'm the person saying it. And because it's true, like once you get comfortable with being yourself online and you're not scared to just like hop into someone's DMs and say, what's up, then it really is like, for the most part, I've never had a bad experience with sliding into someone's DMs. So totally Totally. agree. Like the worst that can happen is they ignore you. Like, I think that that's quite frankly, like the worst thing is you don't get a response. You're like, okay, I didn't get a response. All right. Yeah. And like, sometimes it goes to that weird folder where it's like requests and hidden requests and all those things. So like, sometimes it's not even that they're trying to ignore you just happens. So yeah, yeah, keep trying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I said you are a fitness and macros coach, but give us the kind of breakdown. What is your business? How would you describe your business and yourself? So I have been doing this for 17 years, and I think the best way over all these years that I've tried to explain it, you know, my elevator pitch short and sweet is I truly believe that fitness and nutrition and just wellness and health is more than chicken and push-ups, And that's really what it boils down to. Like anybody can tell you, you know, to eat this stupid meal plan and anyone can write you a silly workout plan. And that's what I mean when I say just like chicken and push-ups but it's so much more than that. It doesn't mean that it has to be more complicated than that. It just means that it's more than that in the regards of, you know, how are you sleeping? How are you taking care of yourself? What type of food are you eating? Are you doing the right exercise for the results that you want? You know, an example I always give is like, if you want to grow a butt and have, you know, strong arms, maybe yoga isn't what you should be doing. You know, maybe you need to, you know, do weightlifting or whatever it is, like, is your workout yielding you the results that you want? Is your nutrition yielding you the results that you want? And so for me with my clients, whether that be in person or now predominantly all online is really diving into that and teaching them, okay, it's more than chicken and pushups. And you know, your life is more than that. You're going to travel, you're going to go on vacation. Like you're going to have these things come up. And if you're just in this strict, you know, plan that doesn't allow you to live life, then you're never going to be able to maintain the results. So I really integrate real life with real results that you can feel good about, look good and maintain. I love that approach because it's very true. And I saw your video actually about what you don't like about 75 hard. (laughs) And I really like that because it's interesting, right? Because you put also on your podcast questionnaire that something that makes you feel confident was pushing yourself and doing things that you say you're going to do, not worded exactly like that, but you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times people go into these things, whether it be 75 hard or any other program thinking that I'm going to push myself, like I'm going to do the hard thing and there's nothing wrong with that. But I love how you put it that 
if you're not going to be able to sustain that, then your results are going to go away as well. And so once you stop doing that program, you're going to be looking for another quick fix. And so I love that you add the sustainability to it. And I think that is just like the perfect combo. So, yeah, because, you know, there's nothing more frustrating with with anything in life than getting really great results, but not being able to maintain that. I don't care whether that's you know, even with finances, let's say, like, let's say you buckle down and you're like, I'm going to save all this money and I'm going to, you know, buy this thing or go on this trip. But if saving that money and living that type of a lifestyle isn't realistic, then you're going to constantly be feeling like, okay, well, I can't live that luxurious life that I lived on that trip because I don't normally live like this frugal life. And the same thing with, you know, your body. It's like, if you don't normally work out two times a day and this and this and this and this doesn't matter how great the results are. If that doesn't fit into your real life, then the results are going to go away. And then you're going to feel worse about yourself because you're going to think like, okay, I can't even maintain those results, but those results weren't really realistic. So let's find you realistic results that you can maintain. Yeah, totally. I'm all about like the realistic and pushing yourself at the same time. They can work simultaneously. So now that we know who you are and your business and what you stand for, let's um, dive into a weekly fave. Do you have something that you're loving this week? Okay. So something that I'm loving this week is, well, yeah, I guess I am building a new love for the spin bike mm-hmm. and I normally love to walk. Like I will, I'm not a big cardio person. Like I don't think that it's necessary for most people. I don't really prescribe it for my clients. Um, but I am nursing a stress fracture in my foot right now. And so it's been really frustrating for me to not just go on these nice long walks that I used to be able to go on. And so this past week I have really gotten on the spin bike and I'm like, okay, I'm really finding that connection to myself again of like, okay, I'm sweating and I'm enjoying this. And like, it's kind of my mental tune out. Like I don't really have to think just as I would on a walk. So this week I'm really starting to love that again. I'm like, okay, it might not be outside or the way that it used to be, but I can still have my disconnect and just move my body in a new way until my foot's better. Yeah. I think that's huge, right? Like shifting when we have like an injury or something that is holding us back from our normal thing that even if it's not like walking, if it's something else where you're able to like disconnect and connect back to yourself, get out and out in nature, whatever it may be, if you're not able to do that, replacing it with something else. And like you said, it's only for the time being. So yeah, I think that, um, everything doesn't have to be like, so black and white, you know, like, no, exactly. Can't go on the walk. Doesn't mean we can't do anything. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Okay. Let's go into, um, confidence corner. Do you have something that you did this week that made you feel confident? Okay. Let's think about that. So I guess very unrelated to maybe definitely to fitness, but I painted my kitchen this weekend and that felt really good. Like it's, you know, kind of a simple thing or not, but it just felt good that like, okay, I kind of, I said, I wanted to do it this particular weekend. And, you know, I went to the store, I got the stuff, got the paint, blah, blah, blah. And I did it. And I was like, man, that really just boosted my confidence. Not only do I now have a nice freshly painted kitchen, but I kept the commitment to myself and reminded myself that like, I don't need to ask, you know, someone to come and help me. Like, would that have been nicer? Would it have gone faster? Yes. But I did it and it looks great. And it's just a reminder that you can, you can do the things that might seem a little scary or intimidating. Yeah. And it's also like getting that thing checked off your list where it's like, it doesn't have to nag at you anymore. You just have it done. Yeah. I love that too. That is such a huge confidence boost that I think is so underrated is like, I understand the DIY projects now as a grown up. I understand why they're so satisfying, you know? Yes. And it's just nice. Now I go downstairs and I'm like, Oh, look at that new kitchen. Like I did that. Like, of course I could have paid somebody, you know, all of these things, but there's just so much more appreciation for the fact that like I painted this kitchen. It looks good. Cause I said I was going to do it. I did it. And I didn't need to keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Yeah. That's such a big thing. It's like yeah. keeping your word to yourself. Yes. So yeah. important. Yeah. Um, I love that confidence corner. 
Let's um, dive into, I know you said you have 17 years of experience. So can you give us kind of like a background into what experience that is? I know you have a degree in nutrition, but give us kind of a background of where you started, how you started like coaching, fitness training, and then how you shifted online. Cause I think that's a really interesting piece that I probably a lot of trainers who may listen to this podcast and own their own business, maybe are in a gym setting or taking in-person clients and want to shift into the online space. So can you talk about that? Of course. Yeah. I'd be happy to. So, um, I got my degree in kinesiology at San Diego state and kinesiology is the study of the body and how it works. And that was quite frankly, the only thing that I thought that I could go to school for, because I needed to like tangibly apply it to myself. I couldn't do, you know, mathematics or some thing that wasn't practical. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can go to a cadaver. I can, you know, do this biology. I can really learn this. Plus I loved working out. And then I got my foot in the door. I started teaching my very first group fitness class that I ever taught was a water aerobics class. And it was actually at San Diego state. And it was hilarious because we had, you know, the local moms that lived in the neighborhood that would come. And then we'd have like sorority girls that would be there like in their bikinis. And so it was just this hilarious combination of, you know, sorority girls that are out there mostly, I think just trying to get tan, but like kind of working out. And then the serious moms, like with the visors and the thing, and like, they're doing it all. And I'm like, Oh man. So that was my very first group fitness class. And then from there, I went on to teach spin class Pilates, Uh, I coached CrossFit for three years. I have a degree in strength training and kettlebells. So um, I taught boxing. I've had two amateur boxing fights. So I really have kind of like done it all, but it started to become very clear to me as I transitioned my business out of a gym and into like a studio where I was taking one-on-one clients that And again, for any trainers or any person really that who's listening, where you are trading dollars for hours, it becomes a very pigeonholed lifestyle. You can't, you know, go on vacation unless you're making, you know, you're not making any money. You can't get sick because you're not making any money. You, it's really difficult. You know, you are literally trading dollars for hours and at a certain point, you can only charge people so much. So you're going to kind of reach your own glass ceiling where you'd like to be making more, but it's like, okay, there's only so many hours in the day you can train. You can only charge them or, you know, cut hair or do nails or whatever. You can only charge them so much money. And so eventually it's like, what am I going to do here? So thankfully I, right before COVID, I don't know how I got this lucky, but thankfully in January, I, had really started to decide I wanted to take my business online. I wanted to start building a course. I wanted to reach more women. And I just busted my ass for three months, three or four months. I filmed a ton of content. I created a 12 week program and I just pushed it. And I got very lucky, you know, with COVID happening where even just my regular clients were needing something. And then it just spread to where people were like, I need a plan. I needed this. Like, can you help me? Um, And then since then I have now three different 12 month programs. So all the way from the beginner to, you know, is doing workouts at the house, you know, minimal gym equipment, isn't confident yet in the gym is really trying to navigate things to the person who's like, Hey, I am super confident. I love a barbell. I just need, you know, to follow a plan. So all the spectrum in there that is really, where I was able to take my business. And I'll tell you, it was definitely kind of on the theme of confident. It was very, very overwhelming and intimidating at first because, you know, again, when you're working at a gym, you just, you set your price, they give you the money. And at the end of the month, like you pay your rent and there's really nothing to worry about. Um, but when this happened, it was like, okay, I'm like running a business now. Like how I don't, I don't even know how I'm running a business. Like, you know, the money's coming in, there's taxes, there's this, like I'm having to buy software and like just all of these things that were happening. And there would be days that I would crush it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I just made like as much money today as I would have made in a week, you know, personal training. And then there'd be days where it's like, I've made $0 for three days in a row. Like this is so stressful. What am I going to do? And so 
that I just had to, you know, something I tell my clients and I had to just remind myself is like, stay the course. Like you have to just stay the course, not every day in the gym. Are you going to have a good workout or are you going to see the results, but you have to just keep staying the course. And then eventually you will get the results or the lifestyle or whatever it is that you're striving for. But on the days that it gets hard or confusing or overwhelming, if you just forever throw in the towel, you're just going to constantly be starting over from that position. Yeah, totally. I think like my husband and I were talking about this uh, yesterday because being an entrepreneur, like you mentioned, it's like you have ups and downs, not only day to day and week to week Mm -hmm. and month to month, but you have them in the same fucking day. Like you have a good thing that happens where you're like, oh my God, I just, this client just signed and paid in full. And then you're like, oh, and now I got my tax bill. And I also got my, you know, this person hit me with a refund request or whatever it may be. Right. Like all those different things happen even on the same fucking day. Like yesterday was an up and down day for us. And cause we both own our own businesses and it's just like, it really does take a lot of fucking confidence and a lot of resilience. And it's a different type of confidence. I was thinking about this as well, that I came from sales before I was a trainer before I was in, did anything where even relating to opening my own business, I came from sales and I could crush it in sales because it had literally nothing to do with me. And then when I came into business for myself, sales became really, really tough for me because I was like, yes. everything is so personal because it's me, it's myself that I'm selling now. And it, it was much more difficult. So you really do have to tap into that confidence of like, I have something different to offer than anybody else out there. And especially in the fitness world, like luckily for you, like you said, you got really lucky right before COVID, you actually had already had this like plan of going online, but it doesn't matter because even though you did get that part, that's lucky, there's still a million other people that are trainers, just like there's a million other people out there that are coaches that are business coaches, you know, coaching is so huge. So we have to like always tap into that feeling of like, I have something completely different to offer because it's just me. And I think that's right. where that confidence really comes into play. Yeah. And you nailed it completely with that. I think that that is something that, cause I wasn't confident in selling at all because I had never really had to sell. I either worked at a gym where the front desk just kind of fed you people. And all you really had to do was deliver on the product and then they would stay Or I worked in a really nice like boutique studio in La Jolla where same kind of thing, like word of mouth would just spread or like a neighbor or a friend. And it's like, you're charging good prices. So you didn't even really need that many clients. But then now that I'm on Instagram and I'm selling and it's like, I have to talk to these people and get on the sales call with them and explain to them like why I don't think an $80 PDF of you know, chicken and pushups is going to get you the results that having, you know, a true coach is going to get you. And yeah, if they say no, regardless of their reasoning, you still can't help. You're like, Oh, like they're saying no to me. And so I've had to, over the last couple of years, just remind myself that like, it's not a no to me. It's actually, unfortunately, usually a no to them. And that is just a reminder to me, like that they're just not at the place that I would even need them to be as a client. Like if they don't see the value in this for them, it's more again about they're not ready to put that value into themselves. And that frame of mind has really helped me. So I hope, you know, anyone who is listening or trying to, to sell themselves for lack of better words or sell their product, don't take it personally, you know, just remind yourself, okay, maybe that's just not the right client for me. And sometimes that's hard because you just, you need that money. But in the long run, like stand your ground, you know, keep your prices, keep your integrity and just know that the people that see that and are ready for that will come into your space. Totally, totally agree. It's really hard to remember that when you're like, like you said, you're like, I need the clients. I need the income. But yeah, I think the you hit the nail on the head too. Is like when people are saying no, a lot of times it has nothing to do with the person that is selling the product. Right. Um, and think about like I always think about my own buying journey and like how I buy online. Yeah. And when I'm going into like a coaching program or a fitness program or whatever I'm going into, a lot of times it's because of me that I don't end up you know making that commitment. 
is because yeah. I'm like, am I going to let myself down? Am I really going to follow through? Do I really have time for this? Whatever the limiting yes. belief is or the actual real like time constraint or money constraint is, it's about me, not about the person who's selling it. I want it. I obviously got on the sales call. I think that right. they're good, you know, but maybe it's something within themselves. So I always try to remind myself of that too, when I'm like getting that no, or that like resistance, sometimes it's like, yeah. okay, it's not about me. It's not about me. Yeah. It is hard to not take it personal, but yeah, it's not. Sure. And I also think that people, this took me a long time to learn, but I think that people can feel that energy too. You know, years and years ago, I used to work for coach, like the handbag store when I was in high school years ago. And kind of like what you were saying about selling a, a product that really didn't affect me. And I crushed it. I had no problem. I would sell somebody, you know, three handbags. And it's like, this person just spent $1,500. Like what the heck? And I thought that was crazy. Cause at the time I'm in high school, like I don't have that kind of money, but I was able to just confidently talk about the product. And if they said, no, it didn't affect me. It wasn't any, and I also wasn't getting commission. There was none of that. So it was very easy to suggest the wallet and suggest the thing, you know, and just keep suggesting versus, you know, on the flip side. Yeah. Like when you need that money and you're like, okay, I need to close this person today and they can feel that energy. And it's like, you know, maybe you are like, oh, well, what's your objective? Like, well, what about this? Well, what if I lowered the price? And then people are like, well, wait a minute. Like I don't, that now I'm kind of like wondering why are you lowering, you know? So you just really, I know it's hard, but just, I would highly suggest to just kind of trust yourself, trust your product and make sure that you just remind yourself, like then the right person will come, even if they're not as many in the beginning. Yeah. I think it's about quality over quantity. Like you're saying, like yeah. the clients that are hesitant and that are not maybe a right fit for you, like not an ideal client. They are also usually the clients that are the least like satisfying to work yes. with. Um, because, you know, even like when I was a coach, when I was a fitness coach, like they're the clients that never check in. They never want to text you back. They never want to tell you how their, their progress is going. They're super resistant. And then it's like, you're putting all this time because you really want to get that person, that result. And that way you have a, you have a testimonial, you have a transformation, you can post like right. all these things, but they don't even want to do it if they don't want to do it for themselves. And so it's not a good fit for you anyway. And so you're just wasting all that time you know, putting all that time and effort into that client, trying to make them want it. Where if we like going back, if I was able to tell myself, like, just hold out for the right client, the one right yeah. client will be there. They'll be dedicated. Then you can put more effort into receiving those high paying clients for and sure. those aligned clients. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that also goes with like, we're talking about mindset really here. And you do a lot of that work with your clients as well. Mindset changes mm -hmm. and like to get those sustainable results. So what are some stuff that you do with your clients that's not typically in the fitness and coaching space, not the chicken and pushups, like you said, but more on the mindset side? So I have a, um, I do an exercise with the people that join in my body take back program, which is my beginner, like most comprehensive program. And in there, it's called the, um, upward spiral. And so we go through a whole exercise and it's doesn't have to be, you know, intimidating, but basically what I do is I have them kind of create, you know, whether it be a vision board there, they have a couple options. They can do a vision board. They can do even just on their computer and print it out. Um, but the biggest thing is I want them to kind of journal. So they write like a paragraph and it's whatever their goal might be. And I really try to encourage them to operate as their highest self. And I think a big thing that happens, especially in the fitness industry, but really in any industry is we, a lot of times say, I will, or I'm going to, I'm going to run a marathon. I want to become a mom. I want to lose 10 pounds. I'm, you know, all of these kind of very out there things, if you will. And so something that I worked really hard with a mentor before, and I have like brought that into my business, which is why it's, again, it's so much more you know, than chicken and pushups. It's really like a comprehensive program is operating from that place, you know, like, and so as they write this down and they go through this, I really encourage them to read it every day or to record themselves reading it and play it to themselves. And 
it comes in the in the form of it's currently happening so you know it would say i you know whatever your dream might be i have created a business where i'm able to live part-time in san diego and part-time in denver i have a dog that i love i have a you know beautiful handsome supportive husband who you know you have to really pour yourself into it not i want this i want that i'm go no 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 because our brain can't tell the difference it really it really can't and so we have to say i have these things i have these things i have these things because then you start to operate from that place you start to say i i go to the gym 5 days a week i you know, keep the commitments that I make to myself, uh, whatever it is. And as you kind of hear that and almost in a positive way, like brainwash yourself, then you start to operate from that. But if you're constantly just saying, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to train for a marathon. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to work on my relationship with my partner. Uh, I'm, 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 I, I promise that, you know, I'm going to work on being a better mom. Like, what does that mean? I want you to like visualize it. I want, when you read that, you know, paragraph or that page, I want my clients to feel fired up and be excited and be like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like, I, like, I don't care if it's your wildest dream. I don't care if you put on there, you know, I'm a best-selling New York times author, like whatever it is that you want, you have to put it there. And then you start to operate from that place. And I've had clients, you know, that have come to me for fitness and nutrition and have gotten so confident at their job that they've asked for a promotion or they have quit to find a better job, or, you know, they've tackled hard conversations with their partner, or they've left a relationship because they're like, wait a minute, I, actually fully believe that I deserve so much more than just, I wanted to lose 10 pounds, you know? So I break down the mindset of like, what is, what does 10 pounds mean to you? Tell me that, oh, 10 pounds means I can wear the clothes that I want, that I can feel sexy again, that I don't, you know, I'm not embarrassed to be naked, that I can, you know, play on the beach with my kids. Like then when we get to that, it's like, okay. So it's not really about the 10 pounds. It's about all of these other things that we need to like shift into your mindset. And then once you think about that, it's so easy to do the, you know, the chicken and push-ups part because you're like, well, yeah, I want this other beautiful life. And if this is the only little thing that I have to do, I just have to work out for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes. Like that's all I have to do to have this life. Sign me up. Like I'm in kind of like the back door going in and so like cracking the code then to just every day hammer 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 yeah it's manifestation at its finest and 100% we do this in my program too like um we do a morning practice where we talk about our day that we're going to have the day of right we do it in the morning and we say yeah. how the day already went as it's in yeah. the future right so oh my god i had an amazing day today because i x y and z and I, you know, I conquered this. I wasn't stressed about this. I, you know, went to into this with a positive intention, whatever it is. And then we also do a future, um, a future desires. And same thing. We say it in the past tense because it, it is so interesting how like when we start to say those things, it's like, oh, okay, like I already am living that life. And then your right. actions shift. It's so crazy right. how just putting it in the past tense. And instead of saying, like you were saying, I am going to, or what I hear a lot of times too, is I'm going to try to do this. Okay. We're not trying, like we are doing trying. it. We're doing it. We're not trying to do it. We're doing it. Like you're doing right. it right now. So we're doing it. We don't have to say we're trying. And when you're saying those words, like trying, going to, should, it's like such a negative connotation. And it already puts in our mind, like, I'm going to try, but I, but maybe I won't like, and if I don't, right. then, then, then what does that mean? And that's what I always try to go into with clients too, is like, if we're operating from this, I should, or I'm going to try to, then what happens when we don't do it? And right. why are we shooting? Like, who is saying right. that we should do this? Like, who is the should for? And, you know, and so right. once you can get behind that, like you were saying, it makes everything else so much easier flow so much, so much easier, so much easier. Like that little task 
just becomes just a part of your day that you do. Because if you're somebody who, you know, spends time with your kids at night, and that means you have to go to the gym in the morning. If you're already saying, I'm going to spend time with my kids tonight. I'm so excited for that. I'm a mom who gives, you know, cooks for their children at night or whatever it may be. Then that means you have to go to the gym in the morning and you're already that person. So it just becomes part of your routine and it's easy. And I think that's what you talk a lot about too, is those sustainable changes and like changing those things day by day and not saying like, I think a lot of times people do this too, is like have this vision of ourselves, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to be living this way. And we think like, oh, it's just going to happen. Or when I make this much amount of money, or when I lose this amount of weight, then I'll be this person. And it doesn't really happen like that. It happens over those sustainable changes over time, day to day. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned San Diego. So Mm -hmm. you're, but you're in Denver now and you mentioned Denver too. So you're full-time in Denver. Is that right? For now, I just signed a 12 month lease. So, um, I've lived in San Diego, born and raised Southern California, lived in San Diego for 17 years and came out here last year. Again, this was a big kind of like what you were saying, it it was a big desire. And I knew that I couldn't do that with the life I was living. And so it was like, okay, let's shift. If, if this, if this is the goal, you know, if AK, this is my 10 pounds, whatever it might be, then how am I going to get to live in Denver? I don't have the client, you know? And so I said, okay, so I have to stop trading dollars for hours. I have to this, I have to create a business. I have, so I had to take all of these little steps to get myself to the place where financially, emotionally, I could afford to pack up and move to Denver. Because again, you can't just do that on a whim unless you have this whole trail of other things that have been, you know, habits that have been laid. And so as I built my business and struggled and built it and struggled, and I thought, okay, now I've gone fully online. So now I have the ability. I have the ability to literally pack up my house in San Diego and go to Denver because my income is not, there's nothing in San Diego that's physically paying me. And so again, once I did that and I came out here and I tried it and I was like, oh, okay, I like it. This is kind of scary. But I also saw, okay, if I, again, going back to like the fitness thing, if I want to be able to live in Denver or wherever, I have to keep showing up in my business. There is no one that's going to catch me. I can't go to a gym tomorrow and say, hi, I need a job and I need a bunch of clients. They're like, okay, that doesn't work like that. And I left all my clients back in San Diego. So it made me keep reminding myself, okay, you have to do sales calls. You have to do, you know, the exercises, you have to do the emails, you have to do the things to build the business, just as in fitness, you have to do the things to maintain this lifestyle. And I was able to, again, not every day or month was great, but I was able to instill enough of those habits that I'm like, okay, I can, you know, if I want to do six months here or six months there, like I can be a little more fluid because I know that the habits in my business are, are there. I'm not going to just wake up and be like, you know what? I just don't feel like working. And, um, I less spend all my money and I have nowhere to live now. Like I'm not going to do that. And again, that perfectly correlates to how I help my clients. Like let's focus on all the little habits. You know, one thing that I think people are so hard on themselves about is habits, but we all have habits that we don't think twice about. And it's, you know, I feel silly kind of dumbing it down like this, but, you know, simple examples like brushing your teeth or taking a shower. We do those things. One, yes, maybe we don't want to have to go to the dentist, but We don't want to suffer the consequence of having stinky breath or having a stinky body. So it's the exact same thing when it comes to any other habit. If you don't like the feeling of, you know, putting on your pants and having them feel too tight or not being able to wear a certain item out of your closet because you don't feel confident in it. Okay. Well, that's like kind of the consequence of not doing the, you know, whatever, following your fitness or eating healthy. So if we don't like the consequence of walking around with stinky breath, whether we like to brush our teeth or floss our teeth or not, we do it because we're like, okay, I don't want to do that. So it's really just about building the habit to not yield the result of not doing the thing. And 
again, there's plenty of times over my life that I'm like, I don't really want to work out today, or I don't really want to this, but I also don't want to have, you know, whatever said feeling is that might come in a month when I'm like, oh, I just ate pizza and donuts all month. Like, well, now I feel gross and I don't, you know, I, I don't want to feel that feeling. So to avoid that feeling, I'm going to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think habits are something super interesting, right? Because we do have habits, whether they're good or bad, we have habits. Everyone has them. And just like you, your example of like brushing teeth, taking a shower, like drinking coffee, like that's a habit we don't even think about, right? We wake up, we turn on the coffee, we wake up, we brush our teeth, we do all these things. So it's like when we start to, I think I was listening to this uh, podcast about habits like a few months ago, and it was talking about how we don't actually like break habits. We replace habits. So like, think about when you're sick or like you don't like you don't do those normal habits that you have, like getting up, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, right? When you're sick, you're like in bed, you take the medicine, whatever. You replace the habit. You still wake up in the morning when you're sick. And even if you're not going to work and making your coffee and brushing your teeth, you're replacing the habit, right? You're replacing it with taking medicine, going back to bed, getting an extra hour of sleep, whatever it may be. So it's like a lot of times when I talk about this with clients too, it's like, we don't have to break the habit of like eating the junk food or not showing up in our business because that's a habit too, is not showing up on Instagram and avoiding, you know, the client calls or whatever it may be. We just have to replace the habit with something else. So it doesn't have to be this whole like negative energy where it's like, oh, I have to like, I have to stop doing this thing that I'm doing and I have to yes. stop and I I have to break that habit. Like you, we don't have to break it. We just have to replace it. And it doesn't have right. to be every single day that we replace it. We just let's just start right. small. One day you replace it. The next day you may do it again. That's okay. We just, it just comes with small steps every single day. And then you actually do wake up and you actually are doing all those things consistently. And it's easy. So easy. Yeah. Exactly. You, you nailed it with that. And that's something that I really work slowly with my clients on is again, I'm not trying to have this knee jerk reaction where it's like, get rid of all the junk food, go to the gym, do all that. Like, and they're like, what? Like, I can't, it's like something simple. Like, Hey, if you work from home and you can, how about we put our gym clothes on first thing in the morning Uh, to your point, you're already getting dressed. So I'm not asking you to do anything different. I'm just asking you to put on a different outfit okay, cool. The gym clothes are on. So now when you have 30 minutes, you can go for a walk or you can do some push-ups in your office or whatever it might be. Like it doesn't have to be this whole dramatic lifestyle change that so many people think that it does. And then to your point, once that habit comes now, it's like, oh, okay, well now I have a habit of, you know, blocking an hour on my calendar for myself. Okay. Now, you know, and then you get to pick how you up-level those, those habits, but you don't have to, again, make all this chaos in the beginning where you're like, I have to, you know, completely change my lifestyle. Again, going back to the 75 hard. If we do that, it's a very short lived sustainability. And chances are you're going to feel worse about yourself because you now, you know, quote unquote, failed this new thing. Like, well, then that's completely pointless now. Yeah, totally. I think failure is a huge thing, right? Like, especially in the fitness industry, especially in coaching, like failing. Um, but you, speaking of failing, you mentioned like that building your business, like you had to make that work because you had this goal of moving to Denver and you left all your clients behind in San Diego. And so I think that's a huge piece too, that I see a lot of times in the coaching industry is like, holding on to your nine to five, which I don't think is a bad thing, but holding on to your nine to five and you don't have to leave. Right. You don't have to make that money. And I don't think that we have to, again, like put all this stress on it. Like you were saying, I'm sure this took you, well, I don't even know, but you, maybe you can tell us how long it actually took you when you decided you wanted to move to Denver, you took all those habits, you made that decision and you put that in place. It takes a while and that's okay. But having that plan of like, I'm going to take the jump, even though the jump doesn't have to be right away. It doesn't have to be drastic. Just like we're talking about with fitness. This is a perfect podcast because I always relate everything back to fitness because I feel like they're so (laughs) synonymous, but 
how long did that take you? Let's just ask that. How long did that take you when you decided, okay, I'm going to move to Denver. This is something I want to do. I'm going to take the jump and leave all my clients behind, but I'm going to plan for it. I'm going to make sure that I set myself up for success, but it's still taking a risk. Yeah. Um, gosh. Okay. So I want to be careful with this because I don't want to like lead anyone down the wrong path. It within six months I did, I, I came to Denver, but I only came for a month and a half. And that was kind of, again, just like dipping my feet into it. So, you know, in January is when I had started, you know, building out my business. Again, I was still take, I was still working in the studio and I was still um, teaching group fitness classes. So I was definitely essentially working three jobs. I was like, okay, you know, building this program, but, but still had these two security blankets. And then again, when COVID came, it, it kind of was like the kick in the ass that I didn't really know that I needed because there was no more gyms. It was closed. It was like, oh shit, this is closed. You no longer have a safety blanket. Like you have to really dial this in. And so that kind of pulled the rug out from underneath me sooner than I was ready for. Um, but again, it, it, it kind of was the blessing that I needed. So then from March to June, I just did everything that I needed to build my business, to get, you know, the clients, to get the money in. And I think, I mean, I, you know, again, I'll be honest. One thing that definitely helped me was, and this might, you know, resonate for somebody is at my old studio, I had to pay, you know, rent to go to work. So, you know, let's say I made $5,000 a month. Well, let's, I'm making this up, but like, let's say my rent was 2000. Okay. Well, that's a good chunk of money. Like I'm losing $2,000 just to go to work. So once that stopped, it was also nice to know that, okay, I'm not now spending that $2,000 anymore to go to work. Was I necessarily making 5,000? I can't remember right away, but that did help. And then another thing like we have talked about that I was I'm very, very big on is keeping the commitment that you make to yourself. And this has been years and years and years in the making for me is my lease was up in June in San Diego. And I had told myself that I wasn't going to renew my lease. And again, kind of speaking into that mindset, manifesting it, it was like, I'm not going to renew my lease. I'm not going to renew my lease. I'm not going to renew my lease. And so then that started to not leave a whole lot of options. And so then I started looking at Airbnbs in Denver and I started just, again, doing these small things and seeing, okay, it might cost me a little bit, but I can go to Denver, you know, for two months and see how it feels. And if I hate it, you know, I, and I got, you know, a fully furnished place here. So again, I, I didn't just jump all in. I left my stuff in a, in a, portable storage thing in San Diego. I came to Denver for two months, Airbnb, worked on my business, worked on myself. And then I thought, okay, how do I feel? Went back to San Diego and, you know, navigated this. And so it wasn't, I guess, really until September of 2020. Yeah. I think 2020 where I was like, okay, I now have gone to Denver. I've tested it. I've seen what it's like to not have any more safety blankets. I've also seen if I like Denver, like I've experienced this now, I know what it's going to take from me, you know, as a person to show up in my business, to live this lifestyle. Am I ready to do that? And it was just kind of a no brainer. It was like, you've spoken this into fruition enough and you've, you've put the pieces in place, like kind of just get out of your own way. Like you want this, the universe kind of handed it to you when COVID happened. So get out of your way or, or don't, but you have no one else to blame, but yourself, if you don't do this, because you've set up all the pieces that you need to just trust yourself to move forward. Yeah. I think that's huge. It's like, kind of reminds me of like moving across the country with my husband at that time, we were very new in a relationship. This was like eight years ago. And, um, yeah, there. I, I had been wanting to move to California for my entire life is what it feels like, at least like the last, you know, 10, 15 years before that happened. I had talked about it with multiple other boyfriends. Mm -hmm. Like I had set it into fruition a million times. Boyfriend and I break up. I meet my now husband 
he's like the first date. He's like, I'm going to move back to California. I just want to let you know, like I'm from LA. I want to move back. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I didn't even know if we were going to hit it off. You know, a year later, he's like, we moved in together. He's like, we're not renewing our lease. We're going to pay for one more additional month and then we're moving. And like, we can do this. I was scared shitless. I was like 24 <laughs> years old. I had no idea what the fuck I was going to do with my life. I let, I had a corporate job that I was making great money. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah. But again, like you're to your point, all I had to do was like the universe was giving it to me. The universe was like, here you go. Like you wanted to move to California. Yeah. You're 24 years old. You're single. You're out of this relationship. You're in a nice relationship. You love this person. Like you can either take that opportunity or you can fall back into like scared mentality and just stay here the rest of your life. And I think the biggest thing I can say with that is like, you have to keep taking those risks, even if they're calculated risks, like that was a scary risk for us. We weren't super calculated because we were young, but like it was still a little bit calculated and a little bit of planning going into it, but you also have to take the risk. And I think that's huge in business and in fitness and in life. Like you have to take those risks when they're handed to you. And there's a book that we read in one of my programs, we read it together. And she talks about this too, about the universe, like kind of giving you these opportunities. And people talk about this with God too, is like, you ask for these things and then the universe gives you an opportunity to say like, do you really want it? Cause here it is. You have to act on it. You can't just expect it. Manifestation is not just, um, you know, saying it and then it automatically comes to you. It presents itself to you and it may not be, look exactly like what you want, but you have to be able to recognize it and then also take the risk with it too. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that I think some people just, they, they underestimate, you know, to your point about like the universe handing you stuff and, you know, maybe it's like, oh, it's not the good timing or it's not this, or, I mean, when I was here for those first two months, I remember being so scared to leave San Diego. And then I came here and then it felt so good that then I'm calling my mentor crying because I'm not ready to leave Denver yet. And he's like, okay, I get that. But, you know, again, you have to kind of follow these steps. Like you wanted to come back to San Diego. You wanted to have that yin and yang. Like you really wanted to feel what it, you know, and I'm like, okay. And you have to remind yourself because, yeah, you know, to your point, like, are you in this new relationship? Are you moving to California? And you're like, I don't really know if this is how I saw this going, but this is how it's getting served up to me. And my option is I shut it down completely and it may never get presented to me again, or I take it kind of messy and I navigate it and I trust that I am capable, you know, of doing whatever the thing is that you're doing. Yeah. And like, I think when I thought about like moving across the country and all that stuff and it being messy, I was like, I kept thinking like, if it doesn't work out, I just move back. Like I just take a plane ticket back. Like it just doesn't have to be that big of a deal. And I think that's with, I thought about that um, in our relationship too. Like I wasn't sure if that was going to work out. And I was just like, if it I mean, my heart's already broken from my last relationship. So, I mean, I really, I already know how it feels and we just dive in and like the same can be said for our business is like the worst someone can tell you on a sales call is no. And that's the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no. So like we have to keep putting ourselves out there. Right. Yeah. You talked about your body take back program, but I also wanted to ask you about your masterclass that you have coming up. Yes. So I do a monthly macro masterclass and it is for anybody. I have past clients that do it. I have people that are, you know, maybe will never work with me more than just that, but it's an hour long zoom class where I do a deep dive or as deep as I can in an hour about macros. So I teach you, you know, again, the more the you know, the whole thing I try to teach with my clients is I'm not trying to gatekeep stuff. It might not be the best business model, <laughs> but I'm not trying to just keep things from them. It's like, Hey, I want to give you as many tools as I can for your toolbox. And then you decide what works for you. Cause what works for me might not work for you. So in the macro masterclass, I teach them, you know, about carbs, about protein, about fat, the importance of that 
you know, those nutrients, why we need them, why we maybe need less at a certain time, depending on what your goal is. You know, if your goal is to build muscle, okay, here's why you want to eat like this. If your goal is to lean out, here's why you'd want to eat like this. And then at the end of the macro class, I give everybody their custom macros. So again, depending on if you're like, Hey, I'd really like to, you know, put on some muscle for six months. Okay. And again, you know, if they want to work with me in that regard, they can, but it's also kind of a non-committal way to talk to a coach, to get some, you know, office hours, if you will, without having to be like, okay, I signed up for 12 weeks with this person. Like, come, let's have a conversation. You can come back in, you know, three months and I can give you new numbers. Like it, you know, it can just be one of those things, or it can be a gateway into getting to know me and to joining into the, the online program. I love that. I love that you do the customization at the end. I think that's yeah. really, really powerful. So yeah. we'll have the link for it down below. So you guys can yes. join that. I'll have that down below in the show notes for you guys and also linked over on the Instagrams and you can find everything you need for Ashley and any of her business stuff down below for you guys. Let's do a little rapid fire. How do you feel okay, about that? I love that? Anything else you want to hit on before we do that? I mean, I could talk about this stuff forever, you know, I whether know. it be business or mindset or just, you know, trusting yourself and, you know. Well, okay. If people do want more of you, you have your own podcast as well. We're mm -hmm. going to do a swap. Yeah. So I'll be over there too. But tell us about what you talk about on your own podcast. Yeah. So on Smash Talk, my podcast, um, it's kind of like a mixed bag, which is, you know, kind of what I even say in the description where sometimes it's, you know, more of an emotional story where I'm sharing, you know, a struggle or something that I went through. I just had a woman on who is like a pelvic floor expert. We've had, you know, clinical therapists come on and talk about healing from relationships. I've, you know, gotten on there and shared, you know, just silly stories, like why I think girls that have tattoos, you know, don't have commitment issues because clearly they have no problem, you know, getting tattoos. So it can be as, as funny or as serious as the episode is, but it always kind of has that undertone of what I would hope people get when they experience me as a coach is just authenticity. And, you know, I'm going to be super real and honest with my clients. I'm going to care for them and support them and cheer for them. And so this is like a little more of a personal side to come and get educated as well, but also to just kind of, you know, take your shoes off and just laugh and get comfortable and like, okay, like it's, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that mixed bag. And like, it's an interesting take on the, the women with tattoos. It's hilarious. I really <laughs> love that. It's very true. <laughs> right. I'm like, clearly they don't have commitment issues. So, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So you guys can find her podcast link down below as well. And let's get into the little rapid fire. So I always start the rapid fire with what is your favorite food? Ooh, my favorite food. Okay. I'm going to say, well, my like breakfast food, like I love any, you know, that, but I think my favorite food might be tacos Ooh. coming from San Diego. Like mm -hmm. I have, you know, I have some high expectations for some tacos. So yes, I think tacos might be my favorite. Yeah. I love San Diego, by the way. That's like one of my favorite cities. I feel like if we never moved to LA, like we're not really in LA, we're in Long Beach, but I never visited San Diego until we already lived here yeah. in California. I was like, what the fuck? Why didn't we You're move? You're like, shoot, we picked the wrong bay. Like we should have gone a little yes. more south. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, and there are amazing tacos in San Diego. So um, And um, second is, what is your coffee order? Oh, my coffee order. My coffee order is going to be so boring. Um, I like a cafe au lait, which is basically just coffee with steamed milk or warmed milk. Um, but lately I've been doing a latte, I guess, which is really the same thing, but I'm a decaf. I switched like two years ago to decaf and it has been one of the best things for my body. Like it has appreciated that so, so much. Um, so yeah, just decaf, decaf latte. I love that. Yeah. I'm drinking a lot less caffeine since maybe like five years ago, uh, mm -hmm. a lot less than I was yeah. before. Um, and yes, your body really does appreciate it. A lot less um, anxiety <laughs> levels, a lot less yeah. of everything, honestly. Um, but I do love coffee too. 
And I found that I liked the ritual of it. And so that was my thing. I was like, okay, the caffeine was not doing me really what I want. I mean, it was making me on crack, but like, that wasn't really what I wanted to be feeling. And I realized I'm like, I just actually like the ritual. Like I don't need, you know, to be hopped up at the crack of dawn. Like I don't need that. So now that I've switched and the best part about drinking decaf is I can have like two or three cups and I'm like, this is fine. Like I'm, I'm on my third cup and no one's, you know, freaking out over here. Everything's okay guys. <laughs> and you can have it at night, you know, like yep. you can have it later in the day. Uh, yep. Um, and then what is your, do you drink alcohol? Um, I do very, very minimally, but yes. Okay. What is your drink of choice? So definitely if I'm going to drink, it's going to be tequila. So I am just like a classic. I love just a classic margarita, like skinny margarita, or if they have like fresh, you know, strawberries or watermelon, like summertime, I'm like, yes, give me the margaritas for sure. Yes. I love a tequila girl. Yes. Were you always into tequila or were you like, did you graduate to tequila when you became mature? <laughs> oh, you know, that's a good, you know what? I think, uh, and this is going to, you know, not the classiest of statements, but I think being in college, I probably drank so much gross vodka that the smell of it was like, I think it's disgusting. Like even to this day, I don't care if, if you, you could can me like a martini and I'm probably like, mm. um, so yeah, I think the, the gross cheap vodka <laughs> reached its capacity. And then I worked in a whiskey bar for a while and that just didn't work for me either. So I just, I was like, no, tequila is my thing. And it just, it's easy. It's easy to drink. It's so easy to drink. I totally agree. That's my theory is that like, we drink vodka until we're like, you know, we can afford better things. And then we're like, why the fuck are we drinking vodka? Why are we, why are we drinking, drinking this? this? Like it literally smells like rubbing alcohol. Why are we drinking this? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, totally agree. Um, what's your best Amazon purchase of this month? Oh, oh, okay. Well, this makes me feel like an old lady, but my best Amazon purchase is I purchased like a, not a Roomba, but basically like that kind of a vacuum. Oh my God. I was in heaven. I was like, this is my, I've made it in my adult life. Like I now feel like an adult. I have a vacuum that just like does well. Yes. So that was my like purchase of, okay, girl, look at you with your, with your robot vacuum. You got this. Dude. I felt the same way when I bought my Roomba or whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Like I was like, I have fucking made it. Yes. I bought fucking expensive robot vacuum. Yes. Like hell yeah. And someone else's favorite recently was um a steam mop. So we're we're all old and it's it's I'm I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. A steam yeah, I could see getting very excited for a steam mop as well. Like yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but you're like this is amazing. I come back and the house is like not clean, but yes, the floor is clean. <laughs> yeah, it makes such a difference, especially if you have pets. Like it makes such a oh. difference. Like one of my favorite things and my husband's favorite things is like to walk in bare feet on the um, floor, you know, in your house. And when it's clean, it's like the best feeling ever. Yes. Every single time yes. my husband's like, feel the floor. It feels amazing. <laughs> it feels so good. And in San Diego, because it's, you know, a kajillion million dollars to to live there. I had like a small little beach house, I, house, I should say like a small little beach cottage. And so now that I'm here in Denver, I have like a two-story house. And so, yes, having the vacuum where you're like, Oh, the upstairs is clean. The downstairs is clean. Like, this is just so nice. I'm not lugging some vacuum around. So that's my adult, boring, exciting Amazon purchase. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, it's also an investment too. Like those things are quite an investment sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that was a big deal when I got mine too, like a few yes. years ago, I was like, Oh, I finally like pulled the trigger. Um, what would you be doing if you're, were not doing what you're doing now? What would you be doing? Ooh. Okay. So if I was not in fitness, I would be in some type of like sociology or psychology, like criminal investigation or so I'm I think that's why it works for me, like working with my clients on a higher level, because I'm so intrigued about like just people in general. So I would definitely be something that was in that department of, you know, criminal mind things or a psychologist, you know, something that was like, I want to know 
what makes you tick and like, how can I support that or just know it better? So yeah, it'd be that a lot more school. <laughs> love that. Love that. Oh, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. which means you probably have some good book recommendations. So what are you currently reading? Oh, okay. What am I currently reading? So I actually, it's, it's funny. It's right here. Um, I just got this book from my client and it's called, she handled it. So you can, it is a finance book. She is a financial advisor predominantly for women, which kind of goes back to what we were saying before, because, you know, again, flying by the seat of your pants when you're creating a business and then you look up and you're like, okay, I, what am I doing? Like I, there's no one giving you a 401k or retirement or things like that. So that is kind of in my personal, I guess, development. And then I also am just finishing up the book of boundaries by Melissa Hartwig. Um, I think Mm. that that's a really, really good book. I'm really enjoying it. And it allows me to really help my clients too. Yeah. Boundaries are so important. It was something I was literally just talking about with my coach. So I'm going to have both of those linked down below for you guys as well so that you guys can check those out. We all have a good book rec. So yes, I want to thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for giving me your time. I can't wait to be on your podcast. And if you guys are from Ashley's podcast family, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. You guys can follow us at Confident AF Podcast over on Instagram. And thank you so much for coming and sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And if you have questions, you know, I am always in the DMS, as we said at the top of the call. So if you, you know, you have any questions for me, or you just want to pick my brain about anything, you know, I love to connect with people. Yes. I'll have her Instagram link down below as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you guys next week.